The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss how to accurately measure the ROI of your podcast. Joining us is Scott Simonelli, who is the CEO of Veritonic. World-renowned brands, agencies, publishers, and platforms rely on Veritonic's comprehensive research analytics platform to research, test, and measure the ROI of their audio assets. Yesterday, Scott and I talked about measuring podcast ad ROI, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about de-risking your audio advertising. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Scott Simonelli, the CEO of Veritonic. Scott, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Benjamin. Happy to be here. Excited to have you back on the show. You know, we covered a lot of ground talking about how to evaluate your podcast advertising And my takeaway from our conversation was how I felt about podcast advertising before. It's an incredibly effective medium that is virtually impossible to scientifically track with a tremendous amount of accuracy. You can analyze the ad before you publish it and compare it to previous ads. You can try to pixel who was exposed to your ad and did they get to a website. And you can measure the traffic from a vanity URL or a coupon code. And to me, all of those are directional measurements to try to understand which ads were the most performant, but it's not perfect. So talk to me a little bit about de-risking audio advertising when you're testing out this medium or if you're new to the medium. How do you think about testing whether it works, knowing that you're not getting scientifically perfectly accurate data all of the time? What I'm about to say is not groundbreaking in the sense that it is happening in some places, but it's not happening universally. We track 13,000 audio advertisers across radio and streaming and podcasting. And I can assure you that 13,000 companies are not doing this. And that is... I hope they're all listening to this show, though. (laughs) I hope you're listening. If you're spending a penny on audio advertising, you should have an audio strategy. And that strategy should be led by somebody. I know this sounds basic, but it's just not happening. And the brands who are doing it are crushing it. And they've become household names in a hurry. You see like companies like Indeed. Like Indeed's done an unbelievable job. No pun intended there. (laughs) That's my big joke for the episode. <laughs> I get it. Hi-o. I thought it was funny. <laughs> they help people find jobs, everyone. The global advertising they do on, on you know audio advertising at scale and the effectiveness of it has been unbelievable. And the way they integrate it with their TV campaigns and other mediums, but they have an audio team. 
we see it at WISE, formerly TransferWise. Like they have a person who she spoke at, at our summit, the Audio Intelligence Summit, Cassie, like Cassie manages audio. We've seen this at a bunch of other brands. I think once you have kind of like the old digital marketing manager, the e-commerce manager, we feel like there's like this like output marketing. Somebody that manages SEO, right? Right, right. The blog metaphor is the one that resonates with me the most is it used to be, well, do I need a website or do I need a blog? Should I be creating content? And now it's like, hey, no shit, genius. You need some content on your website to try to get some traffic from Google. Maybe you should staff somebody to do that for you. Okay, well, what's the difference between that and audio? Yes, you need a podcast. Yes, you need an advertising strategy. If you have a strategy where you have, this is how we create audio content. This is what ties that audio content together. This is what success and failure in audio looks like for us. This is how much budget we're going to do. Even if it's a small budget, like this is what we're going to do. And there's ownership over that. Right? And I would encourage organizations, even if it's a new thing or one person, it's somebody. And I think like having a strategy and having some ownership over it internally is the only way to be successful at it long-term. And I think that team will grow. All right. So de-risking your audio advertising, step one, get somebody to pay attention to your audio advertising and your audio strategies in general. But once you have the czar of audio for your organization in space, let's call it the VP of audio because you know we want these to be well-compensated roles. Maybe it's a marketing manager. What is that person supposed to be doing to make sure that advertising, content creation, radio, podcasts, sonic branding, how do they make sense? What should they be doing? How do they de-risk? Part of a strategy is understanding what success and failure looks like. That's tying your content together in a way where there is, in the same way you have a visual logo and visual colors and fonts and things you're allowed to use, you have to do the same for audio. So that de-risk step number one. I'm not going to have some crazy ad that somebody made that doesn't make any sense. I'm not going to have my brand set a bunch of different ways or an audio logo that sounds different in different places. Or I might have some huge gaff where I offend people in, in certain countries or certain languages. Like There's a lot of things that you can do if you don't put that strategy together where there's going to be confusion. We've had clients come to us where they've offended people with their audio logo you know, or, or they've done things in, in Spanish languages that the words they said or the music wasn't right. You know, it didn't work in Spanish as they thought it would in English. My favorite is the Chevy Nova, which means no go. Exactly. And there's a million audio versions of that. So you've got to have that strategy. And that's the first step of de-risking it. If you have a plan and you're on brand, making sure you're on brand with everything you say and do. And then the next step of de-risking for that person, assuming you have that straw man in place, is looking at a few or as many as you see fit measuring platforms you're partnered. There's a lot of different ways you can measure success here. So what is your goal, which is obvious, but like, how are you going to quantify that? And am I going to use attribution? Am I going to use creative measurement? Am I going to use panel-based data? Am I going to use these kinds of research? Am I going to work with Spotify or NPR? Where should I spend my money? Where am I com- what competitive intelligence data do I have? Am I advertising in the same place as all my competitors? Is that good or bad? Or where can I find more people? So there's a whole host of things you want to look at from where should I spend to what's effective creative to did it work? You want to find those things and choose partners in a way that's fluid. Every time you launch a campaign, you want to say, well, I meant to advertise to these people and I want to know if it worked or didn't work, which is basics, but that'd be great. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. 
No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. There's a parallel to influencer marketing here which is, well, I can go on to a platform like Facebook and I can put my content next to a bunch of people that are creating content on Instagram and I'm right next to the influencers and I could be relatively targeted, but they're not promoting my content. You could buy programmatic audio ads and you could serve your ad in a bunch of different places and it's a little less expensive than actually working with the content creators or you can reach out and through an agency or buying direct, go find content creators that talk specifically to your audience or who you hope your audience will be. So talk to me about understanding the media buying aspect when you're thinking about de-risking. Is it programmatic helps you spread the peanut butter nice and thin and you could be very targeted? It's you want to get the inferred credibility from the host, go find a hundred different hosts that are relevant to your audience. How do you think about balancing and de-risking when you're choosing who to work with? Yeah, I mean, right now, it's very much the personal relationship. People advertise or want to advertise on the podcast that they listen to or they think their brand's listening to. It is a lot like influencer marketing. But obviously, that doesn't scale. And you can only, like, if I listen to whatever, the Bill Simmons podcast, there's only so many people who can advertise on the Bill Simmons podcast. Where do I find that audience somewhere else? Oh, come on. He's got a movie podcast. He's got the sports podcast, the NBA, the NFL. I listen to Plain English. It's a you know news podcast. There's a ton of them. I know what you're saying, but I do love the Bill Simmons and Ringer Network. Yeah, quickly, like, finding those. And where's the, if it's the rewatchables or whatever, he advertises a lot for his own podcast. But I think that, like, what's the one that I've never heard of where that same audience is there? That's how podcast advertising will ultimately scale, right? People may not realize that the same person listening to the Bill Simmons podcast also listens to this podcast you've never heard of that only has a thousand people or whatever. And so getting that basic competitive intelligence data is a good place to start. And there's a few tools for that. But also understanding like where that audience lives outside of podcast advertising. So like there could be a lot of audience criteria that you're looking for, where it might be you know, males at a certain age or have children who live on the East Coast or whatever. And what other things are they doing? What other interests do they have? And that'll help you decide where to spend. What also is interesting is learning what kind of creative is effective in those situations. So you know, if I'm going to advertise on the Rewatchables and the Bill Simmons podcast, as an example, does the same creative work in both those places? And it likely doesn't. Even though it's the same audience, it's a different context. And so you, know, you don't wear the same clothes to maybe those two different venues. So it's like, you know, I might change my ad or I might do something different in that context. And then there's the formats, live reads, programmatic ads, announcer ad ads, all these other things. Like, how do I come up with the right recipe 
of that based on the budget that I have. That's where competitive intelligence really comes into play through our platform. And, and I think anybody who's doing competitive intelligence is where are people spending? Where's my audience? And what kinds of ads and content should I be running in those situations where I'm likely to have success? Lots of different variables to consider. I've got a secret for you. Do you promise not to tell anybody? Maybe the people that are listening will understand it as well, but we're building a podcast retargeting tool in-house. I hear everything, the company that owns the MarTech podcast. And so we're using this and testing it on our own first-party data where people that listen to our shows, including the MarTech podcast, there's an opt-out option in all of our show notes, or there will be once we make the product live. We will be able to serve ads in programmatic advertising or social networks to our listeners. You come onto the MarTech podcast and you hear an ad for Veritonic. And then when you open up Facebook, because you're on the treadmill or you're driving your car doing the dishes, and Veritonic says they're going to give you a month of free audio advertising. So we'll put a performance marketing ad in front of you so there is something to click. Am I the only one who's thinking about this, that the way to de-risk audio advertising is not just by thinking of all the analysis you can do in audio advertising, but try to driving it to a digital offer that has better tracking? Well, first off, I applaud you. That's a great initiative. It's great to see that we know retargeting works. There's a lot of data that supports the concept of retargeting. So bringing it in, I haven't heard a ton about it. All right, well, don't tell anybody because we're close. We're building. Yeah, and that's like something, again, it's like back to our, in the last episode, you know, when we talked about this. That's just an opportunity for better data. It's an opportunity for better plumbing, if you will, right? If you have a retargeting component to what you're doing, you have a better cross-section of how people are behaving. And you're getting one step closer to understanding multi-touch attribution but it's a chance for advertising to be more effective. And we know from the online world that retargeting, and we've hit a saturation point on it now, uh, in the digital world, but like it, it's still not being done in audio. So I can't wait to see how that goes. I'd love to track it. <laughs> I can't wait to see how it goes as well. I'd love, to do a, I'd love to do a case study with you on forced exposure audience of people who saw the retargeted ad and people who didn't. That experiment is dying to be done. It sounds like there's ways for us to work together. And boy, it sounds like you're more sophisticated at figuring out whether it's working than we were going to be. But that said, we're building the plumbing to try to understand, well, when you're exposed to an ad, can we serve performance marketing ads? And to me, you mentioned the magic word, multi-touch attribution. This is the problem. You can't de-risk audio advertising in a simplified way. You can spread out, buy more media, you can be strategic, you can look at your analysis, you can get smarter, more sophisticated, but there's attribution analytics problem inherent into audio because there is no click. And so the measurement is a problem. And so to me, de-risking audio advertising is about paying attention. It's about analyzing. It's running tests with the data that you can. And then hopefully down the road, whether it's through I Hear Everything or through other companies that will develop similar products, having the ability to reach the people that are exposed to your ads in other channels is really what makes your advertising successful. Getting them from the awareness, the value, not only brand awareness, but offer awareness from audio advertising, but then into some sort of a purchase funnel or the next step in your funnel, whether it be engagement or you know whatever you're going to do. To me, that's the secret to de-risking audio advertising. I agree. And the undercurrent there is it requires thought and planning. And that to me is where the future of this goes, right? If there's one thing that hopefully the listeners are getting out of this conversation is that if you think about this, it's not the flyer, right? Podcast advertising has worked because it's really powerful. And audio is the most powerful medium for creating an emotional response, a visceral response, and through recall. And it creates a very personal relationship with the listener. That's why it's working. 
It's just kind of shitty at driving clicks. <laughs> well, it's the tracking and we don't know yet. It's not like, it's not like websites convert at 50%. You know, a good conversion rate is less than a percent in a lot of cases. All advertising has a huge gap, right? But I think it's got tremendous potential and it's scaling really quickly despite all the stuff we just talked about and all the flaws. And I mean, you start to get into a retargeting tool, you start to get into thoughtfulness around audience behavior and context, you're going to start to see some really interesting stuff. And there's a long way to go up from here. And I think that's the concept of digital audio, not just podcast advertising, but audio more broadly and the connectivity. It'll be exciting. Well, Scott, I appreciate your approach. And more than anything, I appreciate you being open, honest, and transparent with obviously the benefits of tracking audio and the impact the medium has, but also some of the problems that the medium has and how there is no silver bullet, no one solution that will help you understand or de-risk all of your audio advertising. You got to test, you have to iterate, you have to look at multiple tools. And to me, that's what makes this such an interesting place to be a marketer, to be an advertiser is it's not something that everybody knows the answers to already. Thanks for coming on the show and telling us all about your philosophy and the products and services. Awesome. Thanks, Benjamin. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Scott Simonelli, the CEO of Veritonic, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Scott, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Scott Simonelli, S-C-O-T-T-S-I-M-O-N-E-L-L-I. Or you can visit his company's website, which is veritonic.com, V-E-R-I-T-O-N-I-C.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.